You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. The controversy surrounding charter schools in Detroit and around the country has a lot to do with the students they take away from traditional public schools, but it also has to do with students they tend not to take. The most expensive students to take on often include special needs students who often end up staying in traditional public schools because charter schools are not equipped to meet their needs. But there are also plenty of questions about the education special needs students get when they do go to charters. Although they're supposed to accept and educate special needs students, many charters contend that they don't have the proper resources to do so, and they turn those kids away. Others, like our next guest, are making an effort to do better by these students. Uh, Sajan George is CEO of Matchbook Learning. Uh, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we've also got Chastity Pratt-Dossie, a reporter with Bridge Magazine, who joins us regularly to talk about education issues in Michigan. Good morning, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Sajan, talk about this 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 t- uh, trouble uh, or the gap, I guess, is what I would, would call it, uh, between uh, the needs that, that many special ed, ed students have and the ability of most charter schools to deal with those needs. It is partially about money, but it's also about the services themselves, right? Yeah, when we say special ed, that's a pretty wide spectrum, right? Yeah. You can have everything from uh, autism to severely uh, cognitively impaired children to uh, perhaps children with uh, mild learning disabilities. And so um, uh, under federal law, and rightly so, we need to serve every single child that comes through our door. Uh, but the spectrum of needs can be uh, incredibly taxing if you're a single school versus perhaps a network of schools or an entire district where all of those services need to be provided. And you're not always sure when school opens uh, what are the needs of those students um, when they come in your door. Yeah. Uh, talk about what uh, the, the funding for uh, special needs kids is, is part of the problem, the, the way we pay for that in uh, this state and others, right? Yeah, I think this, again, is one of the challenges, too, is that um, our costs are, uh, the costs of serving these children are pretty are pretty high because their needs are are, are very unique. And uh, when those needs aren't uh, aggregated in any sort of way uh, and you have to provide the spectrum of services, the costs can be pretty substantial. And and when you when you can't meet those costs, uh, you have a, a student who needs uh, services that you can't afford, uh, what's, the, what's the option? I mean, is the option to, to, to say to that family, you, your child can't come to this school? You should never say that. Uh, unfortunately, I think that does happen, and that happens in the city, but uh, you should never, ever turn away a child. Uh, in fact, you're not legally able you're to do that. You're not supposed to do that, right? Even, so so yeah. how do you handle that, though, at Matchbox, for instance? So uh, in our school, uh, every student, whether they're special needs or, needs or, or not, uh, receives an individual education plan. We leverage technology to do that, but we assess every student where they are. Under federal law, special education students have, have to, to have, have an IEP. An sure. IEP. But we actually think that only not only works for special ed students, that actually works for every single child. Because every child, if you think about it, is unique. They're unique in their learning styles. They're unique in their starting points. They're unique in their 
pace of learning. And so um, part of the reason public education is failing in this country is we are using what's called a batch manufacturing way of educating kids. We're grouping them by age, moving them through uh, almost this assembly line, assuming that they're going to come in at the same point, come out at the same point. And that's just not where our kids are today. And so uh, we personalize an individual learning pathway for every student, special ed or not. And that's actually the way that we address both special ed kids and non-special ed kids. And and the money, though, uh, that, that you might need for kids who have really uh, intense needs, how do, you, how do you come up with it? We, we do. We just... You know, you have to you have to turn over every rock, and you have to be creative. But we have to provide those those children those services, regardless of the cost of those services. Uh, we we can't we we have to do that without exception. Yeah, uh, Chastity, this has been an issue in the city for a long time. I mean, I, I almost. No time seems to go by that I don't hear from parents of special needs kids about their experiences with charter school, most of them pretty negative. Why is it that uh, that this goes on when, as Sanjan says, you're supposed to take all the kids and you're supposed to find a way to, to educate them no matter what uh, no matter what their needs are. Absolutely. When when kids show up in schools, no matter if it's a public charter school or public school district and your kid has a need, you're supposed to be... You're supposed to be served, and and the law says that for all schools. But in reality, what you see is parents will go to a charter school, especially one that might be new or new-ish, and say, my, my child has these issues. Um, and the, the charter schools might not necessarily say, well, you can't come here, but they'll say, look, we don't have those services, but down the street they do. And it's not the same as turning them away. It's, it's quite honestly an honest way of telling the parents, you know, your services are not currently in our school available. Now we will we could enroll your child and look for a special education student or a special education teacher who can address those needs. Yeah. But it might be a while. If you're that parent, what are you going to say? Right. You're going to say, well, I'll go down the street. So that happens a lot. And, that, and the practical real issue is we have a teacher shortage here in Detroit and it's and it's across charter schools as well as public schools. Special education is a high needs, high you know, it's a critical needs area like math and science. Yeah. We need those teachers and there's not enough of them to go around. And um, also in Detroit, uh, we know the majority of the kids in Detroit uh, go to charter schools, yeah. not the Detroit Public Schools yeah. Community School District. But um, <laughs> that's right. That's the new name, right? <laughs> that's the new name <laughs> for it. But um, you got 15 percent plus special needs kids, kids with IEPs. And that's a huge economic or financial um, burden because the needs outweigh the resources. Even when you have Wayne Risa and your intermediate school districts, uh, um, you know, weighing in with resources, it's still a really heavy lift when you have 15, 16, 17 percent of your population in need of special services. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that was draining money quote unquote, I mean, that may be not be the way to, to, to put that from the, the public school system before was that high number of special needs kids and the gap in funding uh, that, that the state does not really send all of the money that, that you need for each of those kids. And so you end up sort of taking it from other parts uh, of the budget, from other parts of the budget, which takes from from all the other children. But the well. other thing that people need to realize is what's going on, especially here in Detroit, is um, w- with the charter schools versus the public school district. DPS has been around for generations and therefore there are schools that specifically 
deal with children with special needs. Not as many as we used to have. You know, you don't have the school for the blind and the deaf like they used to, but you have Jerry L. White, which is a high school for kids who are really critically medically fragile. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids who have, you know, the wheelchairs and the feeding tubes and things of that nature. And they have, um, you know, settings especially especially for For those kids for for those kids and um charter schools aren't there (laughs) if you have a child in a in a wheelchair you're you're going to go to jerry o white you're not going to go to a charter school yeah yeah Uh, this is detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm stephen henderson my guests are sanjan george he's the ceo of matchbook learning and chastity pratt dossie who is a reporter at Bridge Magazine who who joins us uh, regularly to talk about education issues. We're talking about special needs kids and charter schools. How well uh, do the charter schools uh, here in Detroit and around the state serve kids who have uh, needs that are different from uh, from the other kids. Uh, if you want to join the, the conversation, talk about your experience maybe with uh, charter schools uh, and special needs. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Ken in Troy. Ken, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, I'm, I'm probably just going to reiterate some of the points that have been made, but I did want to comment that I, I find Sanjin's uh, rhetoric almost stifling because the, the costs aren't very high. They're extraordinarily high. Okay. The, the staff commitments that are required to take care of a kid with severe multiple impairments are, are incredible. And, and if you are the parent of one of those children and you've got to entrust your child to someone, you're going to want to do it to somebody that has the resources and, and also the experience to take care of a child like that in a, in a, in a fashion that's I don't want to say routine, but, but, but you know, that, it, that is something that they've done for a long time and, and that they have competence in. And, and the charter schools simply, they, they don't have the resources, and, and the public schools have the experience and the resources, but it now just continues to become a larger and larger percentage of their budget. And it is crushing uh, the, the general ed uh, portion of the, of the program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken, thank you very much uh, for that call. Sajan, uh, how would you respond to what he's saying there? So I think he's talking about the demand side of the equation, right, yeah. which I would never deny a parent. A parent to choose what's best for their child, whether that's a traditional district school or a charter school. Um, he's right in the sense that uh, there are many charters, particularly smaller charters, that just don't have the the resources uh, and the capacity and the services that uh, a large district can provide. That's on the, you know, uh, I think on a supply demand side, I I think that's accurate. What I will say is we often throw our hands up in the air around special ed and just watch the cost continue to spiral. There there are five stages to to special ed, right? First, you have to uh, identify a child for special ed. Then you need to refer them uh, into special ed. Then you need to assess them. Then you develop an education plan with the parent or parents. Uh, and then there's service delivery. Um, what's amazing to me is on these service delivery contracts, whether they're internal or with external providers, mm-hmm. physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, there there are no built-in contract incentives or uh, ways in which that service delivery ever ends. And in some cases, it never will. For severely cognitive right. impaired, they're going to need that. They're going to be there. But for a lot of these students, what we're ha- what we're seeing both in Detroit and around the country, is that there's an over-referral into special ed. Um, If students don't learn how to read by the third grade, and this happens to uh, 
especially with young African-American sure. male students, then they're referred into special ed. Well, that cognitive impairment may not actually be uh, a cognitive impairment. They just haven't been taught well. And what happens in special ed is once kids are referred into special ed, they never come out. They don't get out, yeah. And so there's this higher cost associated with that that just grows. It's like it's like a bucket with no hole or release in it. It just the pail just keeps filling it until it keeps overflowing. So I'm not I'm not minimizing the caller's comments, but I am saying <laughs> that uh, as we look to these sp- rising special ed costs, there are questions of efficiency, of accountability, uh, of proper incentives. Well, and how we how we even define that universe of of special needs. I think that's a really great point that you make about uh, young African American boys in particular and and their presence in special ed programs. Uh, there is there is no question there's an over identification if you just look at the if you just look at the numbers. Now go ahead, Chastity. Well, I I don't have the numbers on that in front of me, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think we we've known for generations that tracking has happened especially um, where African American students um, boys particular are concerned yeah. I think though co- the concern uh, that I have and a lot of um, journalists have really um, taken a look at is when you look at charters and you look at public school districts are they really trying <laughs> to, to and you know the, uh, the, to be fair charter schools they're charter schools with special ed teachers you yeah. know you, you they'll tell you oh something between eight and ten percent of our students are special needs and we're addressing them but um, in a city like Detroit where you're the second largest charter district in the nation and uh, the, the majority of kids go to charter schools, you have twice as many special needs kids in the school district. Yeah. They're, they're being um, left behind in ways right. and left for the, the school district to deal with while the charter schools, um, not necessarily cherry pick, but don't have at that same um, uh, financial uh, and yeah. and educational they burden, don't have, I mean, and they it don't is a burden because it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Lindsay in Detroit. Lindsay, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Good morning. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to speak as as a special ed teacher who has taught in both public and charter schools. Uh-huh. That um, while DPS may be able to offer these specialized programs, that's not really favorable to students or their families who who don't want their student with special needs only in a special needs classroom. You know, there's this idea of inclusion and sure. getting them around other kids and getting other kids around them. As for the charter schools, it's it's absolutely a disaster, and, and the kids with special needs are not given any priority because they're not high-performing and they're not going to achieve well on the test and they're not going to bring in that money, and that's really the bottom line with charter schools is making money so for for profit and you feel like they're not they're not then serving that population no no and and from what i experienced it was a school that was formerly a dps school that was taken over by a charter and the communication between the two was abysmal and and dps just refused to hand over these documents in history for the special needs kids so they weren't getting the services that they needed and we needed to just start Wow. Right wow. at ground zero with them. Wow. Uh, Lindsay, thanks very much uh, for calling and sharing uh, your experience with this issue. Let's go to Stephen in Ann Arbor. Stephen, I like Good your morning. name. <laughs> Good morning, and thanks for having this topic. Sure. Um, uh, the, uh, there's a fundamental flaw in the design of public school academy and charter schools in Michigan. When you compare them to the traditional public schools that have 
legal and uh, working relationships with their intermediate school districts, they work together to, to solve problems for the needs of a full range of disabled children. They develop plans together, whereas charter schools end up being dumped on a community where, without that history, without those relationships. And I think it puts parents at a real disadvantage to find the services they That's, need uh... if, they're, if they're sucked into the, the choice ideology. Yeah, uh, Stephen, uh, th- that's a great point. I'm I'm, I'm glad you called uh, to make it. Uh, Sajjan, talk about that the lack of those networks. I guess uh, that that you know, if you're a public school, you have a lot of resources that are beyond the district that you can sort of tap into the the intermediate school districts and and things like that. How do charters? Uh, make up for that. I mean, they, they don't exist in those networks. Yeah, Stephen, uh, the caller, uh, I think, hit the nail on the head in, in terms of a major problem. But I think that identification of the problem is also a potential solution. So given the, the large number of charter schools in the city, second highest in the country, um, coordinating across charters where they could share resources, pool resources, and like, like districts do, they identify schools that have different specialties. Yeah. So we may aggregate you know, kids at one end of the spectrum at this school or set of charter schools. And another kid, with, and, we, and we sort of say, I don't have the specialties to provide for this student, but some, another charter school nearby does. Uh, that's going to take a coordinating effort. We don't have that yeah. in, in Michigan whatsoever. Uh, but I think that's, that's, that's really important. And to the earlier caller's comment, um, in terms of the for-profit nature, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, not all charters are for-profit. Matchbook Learning is a nonprofit. Sure. We're a 501c3. So even when the profit motive is completely removed, like it is in our case, these challenges still exist. And so this you still coordinating have a funding problem. Right? You still have a funding problem. And so, you know, one of the great things to do would be to see these charters come together. And while we don't have an intermediate district between or over us, we could actually potentially come up in an agreement to share resources yeah. uh, in a fair and equitable way that allows us to pool both our dollars and our special ed resources to the kids and where they are and better serve parents that way. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Chastity. No, I was just going to say, fun. some intermediate school districts run charter schools, so uh, right, right. <laughs> the shame on them if they don't. To, uh, that's those, right. <laughs> and they it's an accountability issue. Yeah. Accountability. That's right. All right, Chesty Pratt Dossie, reporter with Bridge Magazine, Sajan George, CEO of Matchbook Learning. Thanks both of you for being here. Uh, that's going to do it for us. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 Detroit, uh, Wayne State's public radio station. I'll see you tomorrow.